It's kind of bitch. Say word. Deal bird. Doink to doink. Sorry, dad. Squirrel jam. Hat. Balance in my check. Zerbert and the Sherbert. Squark. 100 gift baskets. You're now rocking with the. Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of the Midnight Film Review. My name is Brian Stevens, and with me as always. Colin Smith. And uh, don't forget the possum in the room. And our uh, mascot. Yeah. The possum. Yep. Lex, Lexi the possum. I really... So, my girlfriend caught, like, a a second of the last podcast, <laughs> yeah. and she just heard me talking about a possum, and she was like, what are you talking about? What is what is the possum? I <laughs> say so it's our show mascot? <laughs> and you know what? I feel like our listeners probably have the same question, but maybe a little bit of mystery and ambiguity right. is better. Our barking it, possum? Is there is there really a possum in Brian's lap? I posit that yes, there is indeed. <laughs> it's a, uh, it's it's definitely some type of animal. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think a possum might be more easily trained than what I actually have. Yes, but, you know, maybe. Which is a ferret. <laughs> uh, a, f- a feral possum. Maybe. <laughs> a feral possum. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, Colin, the thirty-fourth episode. We're getting old. Uh-huh. We've officially caught up to my age. So I don't know what that means. We're going into uncharted territory here. A slow a slow downward spiral into madness and then inevitable death. What do I have to look for? What I have to look forward to. <laughs> Basically, yes. Thanks. Uh-huh. Great. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not yes. too far behind you, my friend. Uh- <laughs> not too far. Um, well, the great thing is, unless, you know, unless I die, uh, you'll never catch up with me. I'll always be older than you. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Hyperbolic time chamber. Where are you at? <laughs> All right. So, um, we have a few news items. Some created out of thin air. Others. That's why it's are open real. discussion. It, it's not news. Yeah, yeah. You're right. It's open discussion. This we're... isn't TMZ. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna talk um, about Kevin Smith and kind of his new way of doing things. Um, which I think is very interesting. Uh, then we're going to talk about the recent casting news uh, that Brie Larson may be Captain Marvel. Question mark. Cool. Uh, and it was written by a woman, correct? We'll talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we will talk about it. Uh-huh. And then uh, with the recent news that uh, Top Gear fans have not been happy with these the new season and the new hosts, um, we are going to talk about... <sighs> How, what happens when long-running IP changes its hosts? I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I have a media hot take. I do not because, screw you guys. So there, there's also an email in there somewhere. We got, oh, yes, we got an email. yes. We got an email, which was very enlightening, actually. Um, surprising enough. Yeah. Short and sweet. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, then we are going to do a review of Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. It's Connor. <laughs> Connor for real. Connor for uh, real. It's the documentary based on the artist Connor for real. Yeah, something I didn't know. I guess this idea of a pop star documentary is like way more prevalent than I assumed it was. Oh, we. So I, I heard. I heard somebody talking in reference to like inspiration for this. Justin Bieber. Well, there were. I mean Bieber, but there were a bunch of them. I guess this is happening. Oh yeah, a bunch the of One times. Direction like one. Uh, Katy Perry. Oh yeah, and Katy. Yeah, like, I, totally, I totally forgot about that yeah, too. Yeah, weird. Good point. Yeah, I never. Uh-huh. I totally. I mean, it's not. It's kind of out of our 
wheelhouse. Wheelhouse. I was going to say depth. <laughs> you, you're saying you wouldn't go deep for Katy Perry? Oh, I didn't say that now. <laughs> um, all right, so let's, uh, let's enough horsing around. <laughs> wink, 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 no judge. Let's, uh, let's get to uh, Kevin Smith. So, Kevin, for those of you who don't know, Kevin Smith, um, his last couple films, starting with Red State uh, and followed with Tusk, now Yoga Hosers, um, have been somewhat self-funded. And by that, I mean uh, Kevin has not relied on a studio for a wide release. Um, he's taking the films on what you could call roadshows, sold um, somewhat expensive tickets, but um, would give one of his classic Night with Kevin Smith style question and answer at the end. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as long as or in, as in depth, um, but just was trying to find an alternative way to get films made um, after uh, the failure of Cop Out, I think, was really one, the one that set him over the edge. Um, so Yoga Hosers is being released this summer. I believe this, the tour has already begun. Um, and basically what he's doing is he's just, like I said, taking the film around to different cities um, and showing it and then uh, talking a little bit afterwards about the, the making. Um, now, Red State um, was not well-received, but not as poorly received as Tusk. And not as poorly received as Yoga Hosers has been received. So I don't know what that means uh, as far as this method. But because of, of Tusk and the money that he did make, he did receive funding for Clerks 3. So, and he's also doing another film called Moose Jaws, which he describes as Jaws in the Woods. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. So what's your relationship with Kevin Smith and like how do you feel about this new... Well, I'm, so I'm trying to think. I, you know, I never saw Red State. I do. I am familiar with it. Um, but Red or Red God, Tusk. I thought Tusk got a fairly wide theatrical release. Um, like it, it, it was screening here. Yeah, it did eventually get picked up. Yeah, um, and so did Red State. Once, yeah. um, once it, you know, he he did his initial run. It did get picked up by um, by theaters, um, and. See, Red State I actually enjoyed. I thought Red State was um, a fairly decent film. Like, I, I enjoyed it. And Tusk is half of a good film. Um, <laughs> that seems to be the consensus uh, with a lot of people. Yeah. Yoga Hosers, uh, I watched the trailer actually yesterday, um, and it looks awful. Um, it, It's like... Uh, well, I mean, all right, so you asked me what my relationship with Kevin Smith is. We can, we can get back to that. Um, but not having seen Tusk, it's hard for me to filter and process uh, the press about yoga hosers mm. um, mm-hmm. objectively. Because I, you know, so I, th- I think it should also be mentioned that these films are the first two in a trilogy with Moose Jaws. Right. Um, wait, what is it? Is that what it's called? Yeah, Moose Jaws. Moose Jaws? <laughs> Moose Jaws. Being the, the third and final film in this loosely connected trilogy. Uh, yeah, he calls it the North something. The, the True North trilogy. The True North trilogy, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's it seems like, for, you know, from what I, I... Again, I haven't seen Tusk. From what I remember hearing and reading about it at the time, it seems like it was... wasn't... I mean, it 
the maybe the central conceit of the film is absurd, but it's not a zany film, or it's not over the top in a silly way. It's no. dark and yes. disturbing, very, very, uh, and it's over maybe over the top in in how it approaches the 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 end of the film. Yes, um, correct. But it's not just flat out ridiculous you're, you're right. and yeah. absurd and you can't it's meant to be taken seriously mm-hmm. I, I felt like um, and Yoga Hosers everything I've read has indicated that that is not the case I mean even the title you know y- Yoga Hosers yeah right. I mean um, yeah so I, I just uh, I don't know where what it I guess it, it almost seems like he he after the reception that Tess got um, is kind of giving the middle finger to everybody. It does um, kind of feel like that, yeah. And is just doing whatever he wants. Uh, Which, good for him. I mean, if he can get these things made, I don't really have a problem with it. I, yeah, I mean, in one sense, yes. Like I, And Yoga Hosers is, I, I guess, I've read some things that indicated it was a vehicle for his daughter and for Johnny mm-hmm. Depp's daughter, who yeah. are BFFs. They just wrote a silly cliche 80s teenagers mm-hmm. save the world throwback horror comedy something like that yeah. um so i'm just gonna read like a two-sentence plot synopsis of yoga hosers when an ancient evil rises from beneath canada's crust <laughs> releases an army of little monsters called the bratsies little nazis little nazis made out of bratwursts and threatens Colleen's big invitation to a senior party. They join forces with a legendary manhunter from Montreal, Guy Lapointe, played by Johnny Depp. Um, Which, by the way, was far and away the worst part of Tusk. Which a lot of people would say. Yeah, so I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I I guess good for for Kevin Smith for just doing what he wants. Um, But... I I don't know. I, I mean, he's just... He's made some really great films over the years. Uh, especially, you know, growing up in the in the 90s. Um, I feel like a lot of us have a fond memory of the the early Jay and Silent Bob era films. Clerks, yeah. Mallrats. Um, Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back to a... To a certain extent, because I, you know, it's it's a funny movie, but it's not a great film. No, Chasing it's, Amy is probably his best film. Maybe Clerks. I, I'm, I'm like so intellectually insulted by the idea of Chasing Amy. Sure, I get that. Um, that I've never been able to revisit it uh, objectively. Like the film made me so angry the first time and I I don't know I guess I mean I, from a technical standpoint yeah. it's his best film it's actually my least favorite of his films um, I the one I watch I mean I've only watched I've, I've only seen it a handful of times too I haven't like I love Mallrats and a lot of people think that that's his worst film but it's one of my favorites um, he yeah I, I mean it, it's weird it's like it's it's almost like the more movies he makes the well it, with Dogma I guess Dogma should be yeah, in that. Yeah, I forget about Dogma a lot. I don't know why, because it doesn't feel like a Kevin Smith film in a lot of ways. It doesn't. I just, I can't tell if he, because he, he writes this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just, he's he's never been like really consistent. Uh, That's a good way to, yeah, agreed. So I, like, I love some of his films, um, but 
it's just the body of his work is kind of strange. Really is, yeah. Um, and it's it's sad for me too because I love Jason. I loved Jason Lee. Yeah, same. Um, and since same. his descent into madness and alcohol fueled Scientology wife beatings, I just can't respect yeah. him anymore. Agreed. It's, it's sad not seeing because you know more more so than even his relationship with Jason Muse. I think. Jason Lee because if you go back to like Drawing Flies which was yes Drawing Flies uh, you know weird little indie film that he made I, I guess probably in film school um, maybe his first feature length ish film and I that don't kinda, even know if it's feature length but it is yeah is I mean, it? well I think it's I think maybe an hour an and hour 15 or minutes yeah. or something like that uh, but it, that I, I, honestly that gives you a, kind of a look into what he was trying to do maybe with Red State and um, tusk a little bit as far as uh, you think so well i mean it's it has comedic elements to it but it is a more serious film it well it is, it is and it isn't it's a it's a it's about a serious idea um, yeah I guess but it's not treated in a serious way fair know, enough yeah that's that's fair but um, you know I, I really like that film it's it's something different it's it feels very like intimate and down-to-earth um so I don't know. I I love. I mean, he's he's got great comedic writing as far as characters and as mm-hmm. far as dialogue. I don't necessarily know if he's great at writing comedic films that are still good films. Um, and he's a certainly a competent director. I mean, he's a funny guy. He's a smart guy. Uh, but it, I wouldn't say like I love kevin smith necessarily well see i i i like him as a person i think he's very accessible i don't think he's ever let fame really go to his head yeah like he's always brought his friends along for the ride whether it was jason lee or um you know the guys from the the comic book tv show uh which i can't comic book comic guy comic book men or comic what, book guys yes yeah, whatever like that. you know um he's always you know jason muse he's always kind of brought these people along with him like, like he's never kind of forgot about them and i to me that's like a little endearing I, mean, I i think yeah no you're totally right i think i'm saying this wrong i think i i like i like him as a person but as a filmmaker oh fair maybe yeah. his i just it's, it's kind miss, of a, it's yeah. hit and miss for yeah. me um like and thing but he's the you know he's done questionable things like clerks too was awful it felt like a cash grab right? i don't understand why he made that yeah and now um, clerks three Apparently, which... yeah, we don't even have. We just let's just pretend that and, it's not oh, happening. Oh, uh, no, we Mallrats too. They've already they've already filmed. They've already started filming that. It might be in the bag. Um, I don't know if you can check check it if you if you uh, can. But yeah, we nobody we haven't mentioned Jersey Girl yet. One of the greatest films <laughs> of all time. Uh, which is just unwatchable. I mean, I so, and and like I, I mentioned, Cop Out, which uh, Ke- Kevin Smith, I think. This is going. To, I, I I feel bad even saying it. I, I think you're right. I don't think he's a very talented filmmaker. I think um, he, with this re, these recent trio of films, he's tried to maybe stretch himself. And I think maybe why he's going back to Clerks and Mallrats, um, and who knows what else in the View Askew universe is he may realize that. He's just not necessarily that great of of a filmmaker. Um, I will say he's made two episodes of the TV show Flash, directed those episodes, and was actually those are the most well regarded episodes of the series. Which I mean, the series is known to to, to be 
really good, but yeah. Um, you find anything about mall rats too? Not really. They're it's. I don't think it's as they they haven't started shooting it. That's for sure. Okay. They're they're still they haven't even nailed down a definitive cast. So it's still so, in pre-production. Yeah, it's still in pre-production. They, I mean, the only people confirmed are Jason Mewes, Kevin Smith. Um, hold on. Ben Affleck. No. <laughs> Like the back of a Volkswagen. <laughs> um, who else do we have? Oh, Michael Rooker. Okay. Um, is confirmed. Stan Lee is confirmed. I mean, the, like this is just this just seems pointless. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Shannon Doherty is confirmed. Well, I mean, so, it's not like she was doing a whole hell of a lot else right now. Yeah. I mean, no Jason Lee, no no Jeremy London. Although Jeremy London was is an awful actor. <laughs> yeah. That like. I don't think I've ever enjoyed a movie like Mallrats that was good and fun around the performance of the protagonist. Yeah, exactly. Good point. It's just like he is so bad. He that, is so bad in every scene. No, a fun exercise to do the next time you watch that film is watch his face when other people are saying their lines. He is literally waiting for them to end their lines so he can speak. Like, it's. Yeah. Like, he's. Try not to step on other people's lines. Like yeah. it looks like an amateur acting. It's yeah. it's actually quite fun. He's to, I mean to, he's to, just awful. The whole the yeah it just he's unbelievably bad. I don't know how <laughs> how the film. I mean yeah. But part of so the reason we brought this up is I just think it's unique uh, what Kevin Smith is doing. I, I wish him success. I, I hope that he continues to be able to do what he wants to do. I mean that's our everyone's dream is to do what they love and get paid for it. And as long yeah. as as long as he's you know, and he's doing stuff new, weird new stuff. I mean, it's not a sequel yeah. all the time with him, so that's fine. No, I mean it, it's true, and it shouldn't be. It's just yeah, it's just weird. Like thinking about when you think about Kevin Smith, you probably or at least I do, I immediately think about the four or five films that he, he did that are really important to me that I really love. Yeah, but then there are more than twice as many uh, that he's done that I either don't like or have never seen or don't you know, have a desire to see right yeah i have no desire to see and it's funny because um, he was always thought of as this indie darling um maybe even as an auteur because clerks went to sundance but it's like he's really not like he's really not that style of a director well i mean yeah he so he's sort of like tarantino in a lot of ways he's good at not building tension but I know exactly character what building yeah. through dialogue with only two characters or two three characters yeah. on screen like that is his thing look at Clerks look at yeah. Morats I mean that's why the film can work in spite of correct agreed that, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense yeah alright so let's move on let's talk about Captain Marvel yes so um, it was announced that they uh, that Marvel Studios is going after their woman Brie um, Larson <laughs> Who was kind of the hot it girl right now. Um, she kind of came from, you know, obscurity. She was a Disney star as a child. Kind of just had a singing career, tried to do a singing career. It kind of fell through and then toiled around in indies. You know, she was uh, obviously awesome in Room last year. Um the the film short term twelve was highly lauded for her performance in that and um, 
that's kind of segued herself into some stardom. So, I mean, she's got a, what was it Kong, uh, Skull Island, coming out? Yeah, yeah. She's so she's she's becoming a more uh, accessible uh, actress in Hollywood, and so it it honestly makes sense to get her while she's hot for this role, um, and she kind of fits the look a little bit with Captain Marvel, um, blonde blonde hair, kind of girl next door, not strikingly beautiful but very pretty, um, but I don't know a lot about the characters, so I mean well. Tell me a little about the character. Well, uh, I mean, so... The character originally debuted as Mrs. Marvel. Or Miss Marvel, not Mrs. Miss Marvel. Um, and she basically, I guess, is a... I don't know if she was originally a pilot, but the character's name is Carol Danvers, and she comes in contact with Cree. Um, which are the green aliens, uh, like the the scrolls? I'm I'm pretty sure, right? Sure. The yeah. Well, no. Okay. So Krees are the I guess the blue aliens from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Oh, like okay. The Kree Empire. Yeah. Um, okay. So she inherits. Cree DNA and it fuses with her human DNA, which gives her, you know, superpowers. Um, she can fly. She can project energy, absorb energy. She's strong, tough, and fast. Um, so I, you know, the. I think the. I I don't really know. I'm not really familiar with the character. Um, I think what is important is Marvel is courting a female superhero film uh, in a meaningful way. Um, the The character is, I, I guess, fairly um, well-liked, uh, mm-hmm. fairly beloved. Um, but while there's no director on board yet... Um, we have Brie Larson cast, um, and she has acting chops, which right. yeah, it goes back to the way uh, Disney or Marvel has been approaching all their films, which is to get, you know, talented people on board um, who would, could do interesting things with the characters. Um, but the the film is co-written by uh, two women. Um one of which co-wrote, uh, I guess, Guardians, the first Guardians film. Oh, nice. And one of which who co-wrote uh, Inside Out. Um, awesome. And on top of that, they are looking for a female director. Um, so I think this is maybe a sign that Marvel wants to take a... I, I see. I don't know if taking a risk or, I, and I hope it's not. Just, this is not just in response to all of the criticism. Criticism we've been seeing leveled about, um, really racism in Hollywood. I, I mean sexism too, but I feel like the sexism thing has been focused on the, 
the pay gap and the lack of female directors more than necessarily uh, other aspects. Not that it's not prevalent everywhere, but that's kind of where you see it right. talked about. That's where you see it referenced. Um, so I, I think to take this respected character, um, get Brie Larson in there um, with a good script from female writers and a female director. This could be something really fun um, and maybe important um, yeah. from Marvel. I, I, I'm not really sure how the character fits into the, the MCU continuity. Um, you know, she's, I guess, Captain Marvel has been part of the Avengers and recent comic book storylines, mm-hmm. but cer- certainly she's, you know, in the front and center of um, just the, the normal Marvel continuities that it wouldn't be a problem adapting. No, and I, I see, I, to me, it's a little refreshing because I think that, you know, it, it gets a little stale seeing this the same type of actor cast in these superhero roles, you know? Um, not that I, I want to necessarily see, you know, a woman for the sake of having that, that can, that can be trouble within itself. It is, um, it is, but it may not, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but seeing strong female characters embodied well on screen is, it's refreshing. Yeah, that, like, exactly. That's what I was thinking. It's, a, yeah. it's nice. It's it's refreshing. It's a good change of pace. Like, right. there, it's enjoyable um, because we don't ever get to, we don't ever get to see it. Yeah, uh, that, I mean, and that's I think that's why Wonder Woman was so refreshing in Batman vs Superman because for so long in that movie you had this just dour film with these two characters and this woman steps on and she's it was refreshing for me anyway so like it made me excited to see that film and I'm excited to see this and I hope that it it, it is uh, it, I just have so much faith in what Marvel's doing what Disney's doing with Marvel and MCU that I have no doubt that it's going to be terrific um, until they show me otherwise yeah so. I mean I, I don't I don't know if I would go that far but on paper it looks like they're doing all the right things they're not I mean you know if this if this film were written by men and they were shopping around for you know another big name male director yeah. then i think we i wouldn't it wouldn't be as interesting but it it seems like it could come from an authentic place and hopefully it is a strong compelling character i feel like just casting Brie Larson gives it a little weight yeah exactly you know instead of just casting you know uh, some random pretty face it's like well we'll, you know we want you to have to be good it's not just about making a sexy superhero Mm -hmm. you know it's about making we want to make a film about Captain Marvel so yeah I I don't know to me I I think this is a great choice I'm I'm really excited to see where this goes yeah Uh, I mean the uh, so Carol Danvers is I guess in her current incarnation is kind of like just the all-American I, I don't know like so she's like she's a she's a member of the armed services she's a fighter pilot um, the only thing I am curious about is how do they 
what, what where is the adversity going to come from? Like, um, where, what, where is the struggle? Where is her character going to be challenged? But you know, it's early, and I don't know anything about the character, so right. maybe there's that's really obvious and really important yeah. to her right. comic continuity. Right. But I'm yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, that's all I got. Um, so yeah, so let's uh, let's move on to kind of our main open discussion point. I feel like this okay. is the, to me most interesting. So. Top Gear, uh, you, you mentioned that after the second episode or after the first episode? After Between the first... So, I guess with the second episode. Between the first and second episode. Ratings dropped. 50%, 50%. is the the totally unverified statistic I'm quoting to you Which right here. Which we love to do here. Which I, I read at some point, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, so, that's something we like to do here is just to throw out s- statistics and... Um, declare that they might be true just well i mean you know we are as a true child of the internet age what is what is more relevant than just an unverified statistic <laughs> exactly. that supports right. my point yeah, right 100 uh-huh. that's uh so but we wanted to dive into this a little bit more um and so we kind of were talking and you had brought up the daily show i had mentioned um uh the late show with david letterman switching to the colbert uh stephen colbert um, we also had, uh, you know, Jimmy Fallon taking over for Jay Leno, The Tonight Show. Um, we've seen several shows with hosts uh, kind of switch uh, or make a transition, especially here recently. And the ending result has not always been good. Jimmy Fallon has been fairly successful with the switch. Yeah. But... You know, the Colbert switch has been disastrous. They're actually rebooting the show. Um, I don't know what that means. I don't know how you reboot the late show, but they are rebooting the late show. Um, uh, I, Trevor Noah, I like Trevor Noah a lot. I think he's very smart, he's funny, but John Stewart, he is not. Um, and then, of course, um, Matt LeBlanc and Chris Evans taking over um, the Top Gear has was obviously not well liked by audiences. What I mean, what does this mean? Like, why why does Jimmy Sal- Jimmy Fallon succeed versus the lineage of other examples we I don't, have of failure? Well, so Jimmy Fallon, if we're just talking about the like the Tonight Show, um, Jimmy Fallon made this transition earlier than. Like, he, he was the first one to... Who did he take over for? Jay Leno. Leno? Who took over for Carson. Yeah. And that was that succeeded. Is it just that show? I but mean... there So, uh, there are other late shows besides Colbert, besides Fallon. Who else is... Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel is doing the one. The Conan show. Conan still... Yeah, so when did Kimmel do the... Do his switch? Uh, I mean, he started... Where did he switch from? He, I don't know one. That, no one? That, that came from scratch, everything? yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Um, I I feel like Fallon, just like everybody else, it was not a few years ago, was not really as well received as he is now. Um, sure, I think yeah, I think you're right. I think there were struggles in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and the, this is this is the problem. And there there are two ways of looking at this issue, I guess. Um, and the, I guess the positive, or the, 
giving them the benefit of the doubt is that it seems like it takes a long time for these presenters, these hosts, to really find their niche mm-hmm. um, and adapt the show format um, and the tone of the show to what works for them. Especially these are all so these are all shows with a comedic bent, right? Um, and that's not easy. And I think people. One, one side of this is that people forget just how long it takes or it can take to do that um, because we've been, you know, these are all shows where somebody has hosted for a long time. Yeah, um, right. That's a great point, too. Yeah, like years upon years, yeah. like decades. Decade. I mean, a decade, at least a decade in, in every one of these cases. Yeah. So it's, it's just, I think it's easy for people to cherry pick memories and for to to you know weigh these new hosts against their the shoes they're trying to fill mm-hmm. which is sure. you know an unenviable task to and unfair unfair to, to a lot of them you know personalities are different styles are different you know uh, to me the one i think of the most is Stephen Colbert versus David Letterman yeah. David Letterman had this just snarky charm uh, that is different than the snarky charm, which is more sarcastic charm that Colbert has. Mm-hmm. Um, they're just two different people, and that's the thing. Is like we're talking about the, these people aren't characters playing a role necessarily. Yeah, they're playing themselves. Maybe dialing that to a ten, mm-hmm. but that's who these people are. You know. Sure. Well, so I, I think the. The Daily Show is really a a good little microcosm of yeah. what try, what it what it looks like trying to keep one of these shows on the air without changing the name or the format, but changing hosts. Uh, and you look at so like John Oliver yeah, I was is still bring... doing this, and Samantha Bee is still doing yeah. this, and they were the arguably the two top choices to if you're going to promote internally to hand over the show to. Uh, And I'm not sure if they were offered the show. Um, And just kind of reading the impression I got, and this might be totally wrong, and if it is wrong, write in to tell me at midnightfilmreview@gmail.com. But my impression is that they didn't want to try and fill Jon Stewart's shoes because they understood what it had taken to bring the show to where it was and right. how much of an influence that you know the host and their style had over the success of the show and its format uh, and so both John Oliver and Sam B have stepped aside t- to do their own shows and they're both way different than than the daily show and they're and they're both successful and too. they're both good yeah they're um, both good shows like John Oliver's show he, he, I mean, he spends 15 to 20 minutes doing a monologue Yeah. every episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think... I mean, that, first of all, that's not possible on Comedy on Comedy Central because you have commercial breaks. Yeah. That, that's just not something you're able to do. And by the way, I would encourage anybody to you know search these out. A lot of them end up on Facebook because they're culturally relevant. They're interesting. Well, um, HBO lets them go up on and, YouTube. Yeah, yeah. They're, 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 there you go, YouTube. So, you know... Um, they're they're good. They're really good. Those yeah. monologues are really really good. No, I mean last. So we're we're getting off topic a little bit, but last week tonight is incredible. Yes. Um, 
What so what I think he has done is he has taken all of the talk show trimmings from the Daily Show and just thrown them out the window yeah. and slowed it down to social commentary and uh, satire. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, it's just he is so good at it. Um, his his humor uh, and he can he can be. He can make emotional appeals and mm-hmm. serious appeals to the audience. Yeah. Um, he can be dry and sarcastic and hilarious. Um, and he, he is just so good at it. Like, he's, he is so funny. Uh, it's... But he... And at the same time, he's, he is just as smart as Jon Stewart is. Um, yeah. Just as informed about the topics he talks about. And I, don't, and I don't think that, you know, Trevor Noah is any less informed or any less smart. Yeah. Well, so if you know, looking at the Daily Show again, um, so John Stewart took over for Craig Kilborn, Kilborn uh, and you know this. So Kilborn was before my time, um, but it it just it seems like reading about the show, um, it wasn't until nine eleven that right. John Stewart really took took control and changed like made changes to the show right uh and made the show into what we think of today because really uh the daily show was similar to talk soup yeah it was more making fun of news articles Uh or you know um it, it it was not when you think of the daily show it was nothing like what what John Stewart developed it into. Yeah, I, I the impression I got is that it was more like there, you know, there was more celebrity talk show ish stuff yeah. going on. Um, and John Stewart, I guess, with nine eleven, um, took just took the opportunity to make a serious show, mm-hmm. and that became part of what he did so well. And this, which was part of the success of the show, his ability to be serious. And talk to the audience directly, um, and also be very funny uh, at at the same time. Um, I mean, he launched this whole genre of yeah political satire shows that are now you know we still have the Nightly Show with Larry Wilmore, which I don't know how the ratings are doing, but um, I've heard that he is kind of it getting better over time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just hard. Like I, you know, I I don't know. People, I've read a lot of criticism about Trevor Noah, but my understanding is that it takes these presenters years to find their gap, and it's the same with Top Gear. So Top Gear is a reboot of the show. Um, I don't. It was off air for a while um, between series, and Jeremy Clarkson took a while to figure out what it was that he what it, what what it was going to take to make this show work um which was less emphasis on cars and motoring and driving and more emphasis on jackassery <laughs> right um, yeah and having fun and at, just adding new elements to the show and that's what we think of as Top Gear now is it you know cars and driving are the the centerpiece of the show but the humor and the ridiculousness and the challenges um, 
The, I mean, think about the special episodes. Those are they literally take these three people and drop them into strange places and make them drive around. Yeah, um, right. And with you know, without the chemistry between Clarkson, Hammond, and May, um, without a great production team um, who understood like the dynamics of the show, how to make this work, how to get good footage from these guys, it wouldn't be the same. And that. Like, if you look at the specials and then the old Top Gear series, they're literally nothing alike. Right. They, you know, they had nothing in common. And it took it took those guys, like, a decade to build the show into what we think of it. And I, um, I, also, I also think that we need to realize, too, that it's not necessarily just these hosts. It's the writing teams and the, the production uh, and directors that go behind it. Because they all have writing. They all have production teams. And... You're not just switching a host. You're switching entire teams of people that work together for, like we said, d- decades, years uh, to, to get these things right. And yeah, I, and I think, I think the, the writing staff is really important if we're talking about like the you know, Tonight Show or Daily Show or something like that. And for Top Gear, um, the executive producer certainly was a huge part of what made the show successful. Um, and they worked a lot... Uh, on their photography, cinematography, um, and the look and feel of the show, especially when they did do review segments, mm-hmm. um, just framing these cars and looking at them in such interesting and beautiful and compelling ways. Um, it was a big part of the show. Like, uh, you know, even... Even just losing the producer, I think the show would have yeah, felt different. Yeah, for sure. Um, which kind of brings me to, I, I guess the the end of this is, is should we do this? Like, should this be a thing? Is this okay? Right. Like, is it okay to take the person that the show revolves around in in more ways than one? They're not just the presenter; they have shaped the show. Stick somebody new in there and keep it on the air. Like and call it the same thing. And call it the same thing is that because clearly it's all these shows we're talking about. We have loved the second generation hosts this or the iteration of the show, um, and now we're all pissed off that it changed again. Yeah, uh, but it worked once. Like right. I, I don't know. It's hard. No, um, I think that's a valid criticism. I, I think you're right. I think you know, it's. Especially today, in this generation, it's a knee-jerk reaction to change. Uh, especially when something is as beloved as Top Gear, uh, one of the most popular shows ever on television, and The Daily Show, you know, which is uh, where a lot of people get their news from. Mm-hmm. John Stewart was one of the most trusted news anchors in all of television yeah. or hosts, whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I get the trepidation of not trusting what what you're getting. But at the same time, like you said, maybe just give it some time. Maybe not have a knee-jerk reaction to... But, but then to play devil's advocate, even when it is quality, it's not going to be the same show nah, that we right. liked before. Right. So... You're right. I just... Uh, I, I understand the fear of sequelitis, like looking at Hollywood and looking at film, just this desire to reboot and remake and pump out sequels that we don't need that right. are just total shit. 
but but then again, I think you have to look at it from. Uh, so I, I get. So let's just take um, Stephen Colbert on the Late Show. I get the idea of not wanting to lose that brand name that mm-hmm. Letterman had built, lose the built-in audience by saying, "Well, now here is um, I, I don't know the later show. What I, I don't know with." Because then you're like, well, this is something different. Hey, we're letting you know this isn't what you're used to. Mm-hmm. So people are, you know, changing the Daily Show. It worked for, you know, Samantha Bee and John Oliver because they're doing something different and they changed the name. So I, I don't know. I, I see what you're saying. It just I get why we don't make those changes. Put yeah. it that way. Um, I don't know. Do you want to um, maybe take a break and then come back with media hot takes and read an email? Let's, uh, let's, do you need to take a break? I think we should take a break before we read the email. Okay. Yeah. Possum is getting a little out of control. The possum is restless. Possum needs a break. All right. Well, uh, we will be right back with uh, a listener email. The thing about me that's so impressive is how infrequently I mention all of my successes. I poo-poo it when girls say that I should model. My belly's full from all the pride I swallow. All right, Colin, we're back. We are. The possum is calmed. Quelled. The possum rages. Uh, gave it some yeah. sedatives, and uh-huh. it's now asleep. Uh, so first, we're going to read uh, an email. Man, we are we are on a roll, and I just, again, I forgot to do this at the beginning of the show. You did. I'm a horrible host. Email us, uh, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. We will read your email on the air if you... <laughs> If you email us, we kind of missed Roberts last week. Um, he emailed us again, but we are going to read an email from Robert. You're looking at me confused. What did we miss? Uh, and it's my fault because I read it off it. So, oh, uh, he was just basically last week. He said that we should give it to Adam, the the uh, the reward to yeah. Adam um, from across the seas. Okay, um, you you know what? I I'd, I'd still be okay with that. Yes. Yeah. Because Adam is our number one fan. Well, Adam, because Will will not email me back. Yeah, what, I think something horrible has happened to Will. Let uh, us know you're okay, Will. Will, where are you? Let us know you're alive. What's going Hopefully on? Hopefully, we didn't offend you in some way <laughs> by giving you, uh, by by you winning. Um, but no, so Robert emailed us. Robert, aka Rob Bob, and I'm kind of disappointed too because it just says sent from my iPhone. It doesn't he doesn't have anything. No, no snarky. No snarky. Yeah. Comment. So he he says in his email, I heard the movie A Bigger Splash was good. I heard a review on Fresh Air. You should watch it and review it. Um, so we took this advice and looked up the trailer. And honestly, I thought this was him just being kind of sarcastic. And I always thought it was like some B-level sequel to Splash or maybe the remake of Splash that they're doing. And it's called A Bigger Splash. But no, it's an actual movie that looks actually really good. Yeah. Uh, the trailer, if you haven't seen it, check it out. Was pretty intense. Yeah, it it looks like a uh, a fascinating look into the intersection of four lives and the uh, like a the implosion of some relationships. Uh, but yeah, the cast is great. I mean, yes. Um, so yeah, interesting recommendation. It looks really good. I think I said it looks like the movie, a kind of movie where you just, you finish it and you just hate everybody and everything <laughs> yeah. and you feel beaten down afterwards, so. Um, and fortunate enough, it is actually playing in Cincinnati currently, so maybe we'll be able to check that out um, 
hopefully it doesn't run away. But thanks. So thanks for the recommendation. Yeah, Rob. thank you, thank Rob you, Robert. Um, he also said he was uh, he's pumped on the news that a four movie deal was struck struck with Gary Kasparov, Grandmaster Chess, and it's going to release as a first person shooter. Is this something serious? No, you know it's not something serious. Okay, I didn't think. Well, I don't know what that is. Gary Kasparov. Well, he, the you don't know who Gary Kasparov is Mm-mm. one of the Russian grandmasters. I don't know anything about chess, and I know who Rick Gary Kasparov is. I don't. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, Russian one of the one of the uh, highest rated players of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bobby Fischer's the only chess player I've ever known. What wasn't Gary Kasparov who played Deep Blue? Uh, I maybe I you, your guess is as good as mine. Well, I mean, we we can check here, but uh, oh, yeah. so he he also says I didn't. I said released. He, he says re-released as a uh-huh. first-person shooter. Uh, I feel like Robob is um, my. So if Adam Etheridge is my long-lost lover, um, Robob is my sworn enemy. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> that, that's what I feel. That? I feel like he's because he tro- trolled me with this one. I, I totally. I was like, "Is this a real thing?" And then you just made me feel stupid. No, I mean, so Gary Kasparov is considered maybe the greatest player of all time. But yeah, he, so he lost the game to Deep Blue, and it was a huge. Do you know Deep Blue? The computer the program, IBM program, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, but uh. Good job, Gary. We lose to a computer. <laughs> anyway, I'm so I I wish I had some snarky comments about like. How, you know, or a playing along comment, I guess. Like the <laughs> the be like Gary Kasparov, chess grandmaster chess two, the return of Deep Blue. <laughs> you know, something like that. Deep or, Blue is alive. Okay. I thought we killed it. No, it escaped into the internet. <laughs> it's only grown more powerful. It's been studying. <laughs> You know, something like that. I'm trying to envision how this works, but still a better idea for a franchise than yeah. Tetris. <laughs> Agreed. Uh-huh. Um, so thanks, Rob, Bob, again. Emails, midnightfilmreview at gmail.com. We love all your emails. We will read them. Um, now let's do media hot takes. Media hot takes. So we only have one media hot take. This media week. hot take. <laughs> this is so professional. Uh-huh. Uh, and once again, Colin doesn't have a media hot take. Yep. Understandable, busy life. Me, I have nothing better to do than uh, apparently play video games because I played another video game. Well, the be, sorry to interrupt. I mean, the continuity we just recorded uh, two, two, days day, two days ago. So, you know, normally I do feel bad that I don't have anything prepared, but I don't really feel bad this time. Well, am I so? So people don't think that I literally have nothing better to, the, to do than to play the entire this entire video game from start to finish. I did start it a couple weeks ago, and then just finished it. No, your wife's just out of town. Don't okay, lie. that's fair. You just you know okay, just binge that, played that too. Uh-huh. That too. You discovered uh, the joys of crack cocaine. <laughs> so I had went so break. long without playing you know any kind of video game. I just got sucked in. Uh, so I I I played Uncharted for um, a, a Thief's End. And um, at I think at your recommendation I played the 
Other people had recommended it to me, but I wasn't. I was never. I've never been like a huge gamer, so I honestly went a long time without having any console at all. And then, um, so was was taking recommendations. People were giving them to me, and I decided to play Uncharted series um, about three years ago, two or three years ago, or so. Um, and love them all. They're all great. They're all great games. Um, a Thief's End um, is perhaps the best the best one yet and for for two reasons one um the story is much more compelling than all the other stories um there's uh real weight and um real stakes you feel like in in this game and being on a ps4 it looks so freaking good it is absolutely breathtaking and maybe that's why last week when I'm saying, uh, you know, a, a strange, uh, Life is Strange didn't look as good as because I was comparing it to Uncharted, which just looks gorgeous. Um, the, pl- the gameplay is very similar. They've added in a couple of new things. Grappling hook. Yeah. So, um, yes. So, obviously, you've heard uh, of some of the new stuff they've added in. Um, but... The gameplay is still very similar. The climbing aspect is still the same. Um, the shooting is still kind of monotonous as it's ever been. Um, you do do a little bit more driving in this one, driving a Jeep and a boat. Um, so it's a little different, but again, it's gorgeous. And uh, they introduce you to... Oh, I don't know. I don't want to give you any spoilers. Yeah, don't spoil anything. Um, yeah, so I'll stop it there. Let me just say... Um, it's not the best game I've played on PS4. It might be the best looking game I've played on PS4. Destiny's close. Destiny looks really freaking good. Um, but it was by far the best story uh, on PS4. I still think The Last of Us story is the best story, one of the best uh, gameplay stories I've ever played through. But uh, Thief's End is a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Definitely would recommend it. Um, what, so, remember I so I introduced somebody else's criticism of the narrative before. Def- yes. Was was that were they correct? Very correct. Very okay. correct in their criticism. It yeah. definitely um, the ending falls flat. Okay. Put it that way. Um, there is a clear way to end. There is a very very clear way to end this this game. And they chose to go another route, so, which is fine. They, they chose to leave the door open for more sequels, is what I'm guessing. Oh, the door is wide open. Yeah. Uh, in fact, it's not a it's not a door. It's much larger than a door. It's like a pit that you're yes. falling into yes, already. Exactly. Uh-huh. Um, which again is fine. I'm okay. Make yeah. So. <sighs> I don't. Know. I don't. I would love to do a spoiler section on this. Like, I want you to play it because. The actual the prologue to it is so silly. Huh. It is so silly, and that's why I mean. So the actual ending of the story is silly, not silly, but just too easy. Annoying. Annoying. Yeah. It's 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 annoyingly easy. Okay. The prologue is just I I don't I, I don't I don't know what to say about it. Put it that way. Uh, it, it one on one side it piques my interest on another side it's are like you, are you talking about the, the epilogue is that what you're looking for 
Sorry. Yes. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I, I, I was... Yeah. The epilogue. Okay. All right. Apo- apologies um, for my um, confusion there. Yes. Epilogue. Sorry. Okay. Because <laughs> you're like, the prologue. I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving the, Brian weird looks here. And, yeah. The All prologue right. is actually brilliant. Okay. The prologue is brilliant. Epilogue is... Frustrating. It's not... It's just... Kind of like, huh? I, I don't know. We'll we'll see where they go with the sequel, because um, I'm sure they're gonna make a sequel. I doubt this is the end of it, especially because of the epilogue. But um, yeah, I, go out and go out and play it. Play it all the way through, um, and enjoy the the gameplay. I mean, if you enjoyed the gameplay, the other ones obviously you'll enjoy this. But um, Nathan Drake is as funny and and clever as ever. Oh boy! Yeah. So no, check it out. Nolan North is awesome. To be fair, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to hit on Nolan North. So. Yeah, and all, all the all the gang is back. Sully, um, his wife, or well, I guess he, you find out he got married very quickly. It's not yeah. really a spoiler, but I can't remember her name. Maggie, it, I don't know. But so, but Sully's back. Who cares? Um, yeah, check it out. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. If you have a PS4. If you have PS4. If you don't, suck a drag. <laughs> All right, I think that's going to do it for Media Hot Takes. Media Hot Takes? Oh, gosh, Colin. Media right. Hot Takes. There we go. Uh, we'll be right back with a review of Popstar, Never Stop, Never Stopping. Hold on to us. Don't let go. <laughs> it's on a- Stomping through the forest like a retarded Tyrannosaurus hunter eating beefcakes in the back of a Seriously, though, fuck this song. I can't stand it, man. Fuck and this we're song, back. Yeah. Are we gonna stop? Ne- never stop. We're never stopped. Never stopping. Um, so, I guess we should probably do a synopsis. Uh, we don't want to take off Adam. Um, so I think it's a good place to start. Um, so this, if you don't know who the Lonely Island uh, is. What's it, the Lonely Island Boys? What, what? Just the Lonely Island. The Lonely Island. Uh-huh. If you don't know who that is, um, I, I guess maybe you've been living under a rock. Uh, so Andy Samberg, uh, Jora, how do you say? So I'm not really sure how you um, pronounce his last name, but it's Yorma. Yorma, Yorma Tacone. Tacone or Tacone? Yeah, Tacone. And then Akiba Schaefer, mm-hmm. uh, make up the Lonely Island Club. And just the Lonely Island. Why do I say that? the Lonely Island? You, you keep pointing the, the Lonely Island the, Boys. Lonely, it's just the Lonely Island. Yes. The, what's their their name from the movie? That's the what, Style Boys. The Style Boys. That's yes. what you're. Yes. Yeah. Just the Lonely Island. Um, so this, the IMDb synopsis says: uh, When it becomes clear that his solo album is a failure, a former boy band member does everything in his power to maintain his celebrity status. So, and I think it, that's not. A, yeah, that's, that's not a good. Plot that's synopsis. not a good plot. So this is a mockumentary. Yeah. Um, in the vein of Justin Bieber's, what was that? Never. Well, but that's a documentary, right? Isn't it? Yeah. No. But I'm just saying. Okay. Like, yes. It's mocking those style yeah. of documentaries. Yeah. Yeah. It's it is a a mockumentary in the style of a pop star or musician behind the scenes. Think uh, a Mighty Wind or Spinal Tap, something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and it basically stars Andy Samberg as Connor for real. Who has left the Style Boys and has shot? He's the biggest pop star on earth. Mm-hmm. He's the 
what I forget how um, uh, Q from um, Tribe Called Quest dude I can't think of his name my mind has just went completely blank um, I forget how he puts it but basically like uh, he's bigger than the Beatles bigger than Elvis he's the biggest thing we've ever seen on the face of this earth kind of so think of the biggest pop star um, it's his, basically his rise and fall um, so what'd you think? Yeah, well, and the so the the documentary starts after he has just crushed the world with his first album, um, and it it kind of picks up a a few weeks before he's set to debut his second album, and I don't think it's a yeah a spoiler to say it just kind of follows his downward spiral into failure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Which he may or may not accept. Um, <laughs> right. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I thought I thought it was a lot. I was I was really pleasantly surprised. Even reading, um, you know, or just looking at Rotten, the Rotten Tomatoes, seventy seven percent fresh. Like my expectations were still kind of lower than they needed to be because it ended up being a great mockumentary um a fun film um they nailed all the important parts uh the the reason that this is such a good fit is because akiva schaefer um is a musician um and he has always been behind the lonely islands the the musical compositions um Mm -hmm. So if, if you're not familiar, uh, they Lonely Island, these three guys, uh, Yorma, Kiva, and Andy, were childhood friends. Um, and they made internet sketch comedy videos. Um, they were almost, almost had a show deal, uh, and they shot a pilot for Fox um, called, I think it's called Awesome Town or something like that, uh, which didn't get picked up. Uh, and then the three of them ended up being hired by SNL. So uh, Andy is a cast member, and Yorma and Akiva, uh, I, obviously all three of them, wrote for the show. Um, and Andy did a, a long run, like seven years mm-hmm. on the show, uh, did a lot of digital shorts. Um, Which is really their claim to fame. They're really their mark, I think, they left on the show was the digital shorts. Yeah, but, it, but so if you're familiar with things like stuff from their first album like Dick in a Box and Jizz in My Pants that is Lonely Island um, with and on a boat and, and on a boat yeah well that's their that's their second album oh though. okay yeah true true yeah but uh, yeah so it's like Andy and Yorma um, performing um, and then the music is you know made by Akiva so it it's like they have this background in music they've done I think three albums at this point. Um, I mean, they did Incredibad. They did... Uh, what was the name of their second album? Oh, man. Uh, Turtleneck and Chains. Yeah, that's what... Yeah. Um, and I think they did a third album. I'm not sure. Maybe they didn't do a third album, but... Well, this they have this is an album. That's true. So, they, but the music has always been, like, surprisingly good. And yeah. And the, the first album is just some of the best musical genre parodies that I've ever heard before. Like, if even if you took away the lyrics, like, 
Akiva is so good at creating a fake <laughs> version yeah. of whatever they're trying to parody. It's it's unreal. So they have they have the background to do something like this. Um, and the musical numbers, some of the ones that like we've been hearing for a while, like so humble. I'm I'm sick of that already, mm-hmm. but I mean they're still like very well done. Yeah. Everything all of the the music, all of the source um this wouldn't work without it and it's it's very well done. Um it's a lot of fun. Um I'm so humble I feel like it was the most uh accessible of the songs. On the- <laughs> it it's the least offensive. Yes, for sure. But but then the idea is that that is from his first album. Right. That's yeah. his carryover. Yeah hit um and then as he you drop songs from the the second album there you know he has lost perspective and they're increasingly more absurd uh, and myopic yes yeah it's i mean it's the music in this is the best part of it by by far i think um you know it's kind of disheartening for me to think that this film is not going to do well because I think they deserve it. Like I think they yeah. deserve start. They're so talented. Each one doing their own thing. They're you know Andy's kind of the face, like you said. You know, um, Akiva kind of doing the music, and uh, Yorma somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, I know Yorma. Um, he he does a lot of directing. He's directed a lot of things that have had nothing to do with these guys, um, and he's becoming more more of a director in Hollywood mm-hmm. um, so they're just really talented guys uh, and I don't know why this didn't hit I know maybe it's too maybe it was too too much maybe it was too over the top I just I, I feel like people just assumed it was gonna be like awful, awful yeah or just too ridiculous and it's really not they walk they walk a fine line which I didn't think they were going to where Connor is somewhat like a real human being, yeah, somewhat no, absolutely. relatable. Like they don't push him too far into just total absurd parody. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, a great way to put it. I, I, I really enjoyed this film. So like, I, I loved it. I, I give it an A minus. Like I, I, I told Colin like I laughed out loud several parts of this film. Yeah, like belly laughed, and that doesn't. I don't. That hasn't happened a whole lot in the last few years from comedies. Like. This is a comedy I would watch over and over and over again. Like this is something I could just throw on the background, and I I know I'm going to catch parts of it and laugh. Yeah, there. I mean, there are there. There's a lot. So one of my like criticisms of the film um, is that there's almost, especially early, like the first half of the movie, there is so much going on, like the the jokes and the cameos and the one-off character interviews like the movie moves so quickly and then it kind of slows down a lot um towards the end but there's definitely enough going on that you could watch it a second time mm-hmm. and see things that you didn't see before Agreed. um quest love that just, so quest love was the one that uh i thought was really good from tribe called quest yeah it's from the roots or the roots i'm sorry you said a tribe called quest I, and i was like well quest love is confusing okay. i so epilogue prologue <laughs> the Roots Tribe Called Tribe Quest, Quest. Quest I yeah. mean uh, uh, 
Anyways, Questlove. His yeah. I can't believe I that That's okay, man. Anyways, um yeah, so anyways, th- th- I loved his um cameo. Yeah. Um you mentioned Nas off before we started yeah. this. Nas was just brilliant and really was one of the most surprising. Like I, I was not expecting to see Nas pop up on my screen. Mm-hmm. Um they they Justin Timberlake great. I mean, the cameos in this are endless. And I, but I think you you did hit on something that was um the film is front loaded. I kind of mentioned like you you were like, "Oh, maybe I wish it was kind of longer." I kind of thought maybe it was just like the right because it kind of started to slow down a little bit at the end and I was kind of like okay kind of waiting for it to be over um and part of that was like I really just wanted to get to where the end gets to like yeah. I was excited to see that yeah. happen so maybe that was part of my my, my opinion so well yeah what what kind of happens is his his fall from grace is like slowed a lot yeah uh and I, so, maybe it's getting into into spoilers. Like, there's another character that's introduced, uh, and the actor who I don't know from anything I, before yeah. this, uh, Chris Red is his name. Chris Red, yeah, I looked it up. Does an incredible job. Just amazing. The, the character is great, but it it kind of takes away from the Connors narrative in some. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't agree know. With so it. it's like the all right. This film is is not perfect. Um, but it is a lot of fun. Um, it's su- surprisingly, you know, e- even with the R rating, even with, uh, you know, a man's penis on screen for <laughs> probably, you know, a good 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah, um, it's out there for a while. The film is surprisingly, like, innocent and not offensive at the same time, which is weird. Um like this is something you can go on a date to see yeah, that you will enjoy. Sure. Um, the music is great. Uh, it, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. The the pacing is a little uneven. Um, that's that's probably about the worst thing I could say about the film. Yeah. Is, well, and I so my other real issue is I don't think the characters of Owen and Lawrence get enough character development. They they don't. Well. And that was my big issue with the film. Like, I, I feel like maybe we could have seen a little bit more of their relationship before Connor for Reels' but popularity. But Connor doesn't get all that much character development you're right. at the same time. You're, you're right. I mean, you you see you see uh, like his his overinflated ego seems to kind of change sizes like through the beginning mm-hmm. of the movie. Like at at some points he's still like. Involved with these other people, but then at the same time he's doing all these ridiculous things. And I don't know. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I definitely think that that. So the through narrative in yeah. character element is probably the weakest part of the film. Yeah. Um, which you can be, you might be saying like, well, how can you give this an A minus, or why, how can you guys like this? But the humor is just so endearing, and like you kind of said, it's a lot of it's just kind of sweet and like innocent in a, in a weird way when we it's i don't know of another way to put it even though those might not be the right words so the biggest surprise uh in this film for me was actually andy samberg's performance yeah um i, I will agree there are a couple of scenes where he does some really nuanced comedic acting in yes. character uh and i think yeah. Yeah. my my favorite scene with him is where he is 
reading <laughs> reviews for his second album. And it's just like, it's it's such a real scene for the character. Like, yeah. he doesn't play yeah. it too over the top. He's in character, but it's it's just, it was great. Like, I was like, wow. I I was imp- legitimately impressed with Sandberg at yeah. a couple of points in this film. Not something I was expecting no, I to agree. see going in. Like, enjoying but, his acting. It's, it was weird. And I guess it's even more surprising because... He never gives us this level of nuance on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No. He's always over the top. Yeah. And even when he's trying to be serious, it just doesn't feel sincere. And that scene you're talking about is so great because he even, like, I just... So we could say mixed. Yeah. The reviews are mixed. Like, that was just... it. You're right. It was so sincere and so genuine to that character. And it's not yeah. cons- it's not consistent the whole he doesn't no. he doesn't stay in that place with every scene but there there are a couple scenes where I was impressed with his chops. Um, yeah, I, another one was when they're they're coming out to the car after meeting um, Hungry the Hunter, and he's like, "I gotta get out of this jacket. It's so hot." <laughs> he's like, "But it looks good." Like Owen's like, "Yeah, but it looks good." He's yeah. like, "But so like just I don't know just yeah. those little no, moments that's, that's true, are yeah. are endearing." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I think we should quickly move the spoilers to yeah. um, keep from getting getting too long, but go see this film. Like, give them their money. Don't give Teenage despite what Colin wants or says, don't give them money. Any more money. Give Popstar your money. This is a great film. Like he said, take a date with, see it with your friends. I mean, I would love to have seen this with you. Like, uh, this is definitely a film I would want to see with other people. Yeah. Um, and have a good time with, yeah. We talk about it more in spoilers. It's not really a spoiler, but I I liked the. This is sort of a. It's a in a metaphorical sense. It is uh, like autobiographical for these three guys too, which I thought yeah. was an interesting idea. The very um, well getting meta. Yeah, but let's let's just move on. All right. So if you don't want to hear spoilers for Pop Star, never stop, <laughs> never stopping. Go go see the film. Go, go see, see the it. film. Come on, guys. Go stop see listening. It. Go see the film. Okay, bye. Don't go away though. Okay, so um, where do we want to hit up on spoilers? Do we do we want to talk a little bit about the, the ending? Do we want to start there and work our way back, or <laughs> flying kick, not gay, big watch, <laughs> not gay? Uh, that was so. That song, yeah, uh, was was great if you just hear it, but in context of the film, works so well. That video. So perfect. It does. So perfect. Titties, not gay. <laughs> yeah. Just. <laughs> Sports. The, I mean, the. So it's cut. It's, we talked about it. Like, it's cut differently in the film, um, having the visuals and then just the context. Like, so Ringo Starr <laughs> comes on. He's like, he knows that gay marriage is legal, legal now, right? right? <laughs> just a, a great little way to introduce the fact that he's out of touch right um perfect but in you know means well but he's out of touch yeah and that's the i think that's what makes this character in this film work so much is like connor feels like a real person like he wants like he first okay his ego is out of control but he wants to make a difference he thinks that he is who he always has been he doesn't realize that he's out of control and out of touch Mm -hmm. uh (laughs) 
it's just so good. Like that part, that aspect of the film is so good. That's what makes it kind of frustrating that um, Lawrence and Owen weren't more fleshed out as characters. Yeah, uh, and their relationship to um, Connor. But not I, the the other thing is like not everything hits for me. Like the the whole aqua spin. Where yeah, they like, I agree. Just it's like too much too soon. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. They they could have. They could have destroyed him just as well, more slowly I agree. over time. Yeah, and I they, agree. Yeah. And and they kind of... It was kind of one of those things where he's out of touch. They even, but they like even blatantly say it like, Connor, you're so out of... Like, he's so out of touch. Like, why would he think this is a good idea? Like, yeah. And, I mean... That was also kind of a... Because that's a real thing. Like, you know, people... Like, you've seen the Dax Shepard... Uh, Kristen Bell commercials, right, for the, the fridge where you it's an electronic fridge and you leave notes and play music for people. It's So it's a real thing that people are really doing, yeah, but it just felt kind of Yeah, flat. it's it's on the edge of something real, but yeah. yeah. It, it, uh-huh. um, but yeah, it, so, and honestly, um, Maya Rudolph, I, I did her cameo didn't it fell flat for me too. It just wasn't. I love her, and I just didn't think that. Yeah, it's, it was a one note thing. Yeah, it was really um, wasted. Um, and there are a few cameos that felt that way. That was one, um, in my opinion. Um, a Seal's cameo was pretty great. It was. Um, <laughs> Bill Hader's cameo was so. Funny, and then they just never. They don't never make his character to, a part of the yeah, film in any I, way. Like he's just there's a weird roadie that's into <laughs> flatlining. Just it's it's like such a such a brilliant little idea that I somebody came up for his character and it's funny enough that it makes it in the film, but I'm just Yeah. You know, I, I get it. Like this isn't there there's there are already too many characters competing for screen time yeah. and uh, agreed. It's just uh, uh, Justin Timberlake was great. We talked about Usher was great. Nas, <laughs> terrific. Yeah, not Nas was hilarious. Um. <laughs> the photo shoot with Nas. Uh, it's, so, even Jimmy Fallon had a cameo on this. Yeah, uh, doing the donkey roll. Yeah, uh-huh. which uh, it was funny seeing his finger all taped up. Um, you know the story behind that. I I knew there was something there. He got drunk remember. and passed yeah. out and caught his his wedding ring on a table and almost ripped his finger off. Oh. Uh, which is apparently a pretty... Cu- not not necessarily getting drunk, but getting your wedding ring caught uh, and getting De- your... Degloving the finger? Yeah, is actually... Yeah, gross. Coming. But, I, but seeing that just made me laugh because I'm yeah. like, that's, that's... He's really... has He almost lost a finger. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so... Uh, the ending of the film... What I mean, so what do you think of the Style Boys reunion? It's, it's just... You, you know it's inevitable... Um, and I just wish they had invested. It's it's hard. Like it's hard to criticize this movie because this is a hard film to make work. Yeah. And the fact that they did make it work so well is impressive. So I you there's like there's a lot of fine tuning to balance something like this. But if they could have spent more time developing developing the the these the other care any characters really, mm-hmm. but um yeah, and adding some weight to. And I honestly, end. I didn't care for that last song. Uh, Impossible dreams or whatever. Yeah, it's. Well, it 
I and see, I feel like that was there's context there that's sort of implied, but not that that is what I forget. Akiva, what is Akiva's character's name? Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Lawrence character. Lawrence's character writes because he wrote the verse for the turn up the beef. Turn up the beef. Yeah, which is all catchphrases, catch and yeah. that's kind of what the last song is. It too. really it's is. Just, yeah. It's catchphrases too. Ridic- yeah, ridiculous. Just things. saying ridiculous things. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that was there was that was the implied context for that. Um, yeah. It just didn't. I don't know. I I actually like the Glenda song that they that they sang a little bit better. The Glenda song. That's it, the one. That they're kind of. A, you don't get the full any of the full. Oh context, yeah, yeah. It's like. Uh, Kind of like a Beastie Glenda's, Boys Glenda's, three. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Glenda's sick. Uh, yeah. I hope she's not. I hope she's not really sick. But if she is, if she isn't sick, I hope she's di- dead. Uh, I hope she's dead. But if she's not dead, then fuck you, Glenda. Yeah. Like, uh, basically, yeah. I don't know. I really like that song. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, overall, I, this go see this movie. It is so funny, uh, and you get to see Jenna Patel's dick. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Judd Apatow is a dick, and now you get to see yeah, his you dick get to see it, on yeah. screen. Well, so I think I think I enjoyed this movie a little bit more just thinking about it as maybe an autobiographical self-parody. Because if you look at who all the... who they play, mm-hmm. they play a... like, they play mirror... You know, I know what you're trying mirror, to say. Mirror, mirror themselves. Um, yeah, like Andy's the star. So yeah, and Andy's the star. Andy's the visible one. Akiva is the least visible one. The least visible, but is doing the work behind the scenes. I, and I guess the idea that Yorma is creating the beats is, you know, but that he's kind of like what ties them together yeah, and yes. is a little bit in both of their mm-hmm. worlds. Um, but also the idea that they they started together as this thing and then Andy sets out and steals the spotlight and Yorma is kind of in the spotlight too because he's done some acting as well Yeah. uh, whereas Akiva's almost entirely until this film has stayed behind the camera right Um, so he's sort of in the spotlight Andy's really in the spotlight um no, you're you're 100% correct on that. And that is... I didn't think of it until you've brought that up. That makes a thousand percent sense. <laughs> all the, it makes all the percents of sense. <laughs> oh, that... Another, no. another Brianism That makes out. a thousand percent sense. Oh, I love it. Oh, that is gold. Um, another fire in the jar segment. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I want to... I want to piggyback on what you're saying because... As you're saying it, um, and the thing is, and I, it's frustrating because I'm sure they thought this movie was going to be a bigger success than it is, but um, Andy Samberg's solo projects um, haven't really panned out. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is a successful sitcom. Yeah. Um, but uh, the movie, what's the movie he made with uh, Adam Sandler? Something my dad, uh, who's my dad? I don't know what it's called. Oh, I don't even know what um, you're talking about. Oh, you'll know. You'll know. Uh, let me find it here. That's my boy. Um, 2012 uh, was re- his real first uh, foray into uh, being a lead role, and it was bad. It was really bad. Now, attaching yourself to 
Adam Sandler. Yeah, I mean, you you should know how that's going to end. Right, exactly. So it wasn't it wasn't great, and uh, to me that and that was really his second film after Hot Rod, which Hot Rod wasn't like this huge box office success. But but Hot Rod was still Lonely Island. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like that kind of I guess maybe mirrors their original success, Um, and then I mean. Forgot about forgot about space chimps. Um, he, he's had just pretty much bit parts, other than you know. Uh, yeah, I, all these are just kind of. They yeah, I mean he hasn't he hasn't really made the the transition to film. No, um, but yeah. So, anyways, I, I I definitely see that what you're saying in, in mirroring mirroring their careers in that way it, I, that is a really brilliant way to win and i i believe that's they did that on purpose for sure yeah and i mean in some ways them coming together uh in the end of this film is almost like them creating this film in the first place right yeah, is that yeah. it's a return to right. them all being creatively involved um and making something together so uh Magruber, that was the other he was in MacGruber. No, uh, so he directed MacGruber. Um, uh, oh, Yorman did. Yeah, Yorman, and which I've never seen, but everybody, I everybody says that it's like a, a pretty decent movie. Yeah, actually, it's one of those things that it's it didn't make any money, um, but people seem to like it. Yeah, it's definitely got a cult following. I mean, Will Forte is just fucking hilarious. I mean, right. So, but then again, so is Will Ferrell, and some of those. <laughs> Movie adaptations were flat. Good, good check, point. check, check Akiva because I thought it was so. Yorman Akiva co-directed this. Yes, and I feel like he has done some other directing too. Um, so he's writing. So there's direct, you know, direct metaphor too. Um, so his big one was supposed to be the watch, but because that came out um, right around the. Uh, uh, um, Trayvon Martin ordeal uh, was kind of pushed back, which and it's not a great film, but I I mean I actually enjoyed it a, a lot more than it got credit for. But he directed Hot Rod too, and he directed so, Hot Rod too, yes, yeah. Um, and he's got quite a few writing credits. Yep. Um, a lot of the Lonely Island stuff. Um. So yeah, interesting. I I um. I didn't realize he was that involved with writing for Saturday Night Live, but man, he's written... Well, all all three of them did write for SNL. It's just only Andy was uh, a cast cast member. member. Yeah. Um, But yeah, anyway, so three talented guys. I I really hope that they um, see more success from this. I just... It sucks. I mean, this movie uh, literally did uh, $4 million this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that's just awful. Like, it... It's just so much better than that. I don't understand. Chris Red. So, where did this guy come from? He was yeah. so funny. And if he was you, so funny. If you look at his past work, none of it is is humorous. He was a bit part in Chicago PD. Yeah. I don't know what Greetings from Prison. I don't know what that is. Empire. Two episodes of Empire. He's in a show called a TV series called Lonely and Horny. You should. I just want to see what that is. You should click on yeah. that. And then. <laughs> Uh, who wants to have sex with? Uh, so it's about Rudy Jade is a selfish single thirty-something who wants to have sex more than anything else in the world. 
okay. I mean, he's not he's not starring in it. No, he, so he just had a bit part in that. So this guy hasn't really done much yeah. of anything, and he he stole a lot of the of, of of the scenes he was in. He all all of his screen time was great. Which, by the way, so I I don't know if you're I, I'm not a huge fan, but the the character he he. His raps are kind of like a, what is called horror raps, yeah. very similar to uh, Tyler the Creator. I guess would be the one that they're trying to. Yeah. Uh, Hunter the Hungry. Hunter the <laughs> Tyler Creator. Yeah. Um, but dude is just, he is, great. Uh-huh. Great and intensity. Those eyes, yeah. yeah, those eyes. Uh, so uh, Andy Samberg does the the bit where he tucks his his wiener in uh-huh. and he, it's revealed and there's a big thing where where's Connor's dick though where's Connor's dick and uh, so you know you're like Hunter is a huge prankster and like did you pull this prank and he's like I don't know did I I didn't I did. though I didn't I didn't I did. though <laughs> or did I just that was the, yeah. in his eyes he's uh, yeah Chris Red yeah Chris Red was hilarious great great um. Yeah, I don't know anything else you want to say about it other than just go see it. No, I mean this movie. It, this was just like a pleasant surprise, and I, I yeah, I, I love I love the Lonely Island. Not I honestly as much for their music as for anything else. Like yeah, Incredibad. I played that album like in my car mm-hmm. for like an entire summer straight. Yeah, and it just like it. It was just like a journey through a musical parody landscape. I Agreed. Mean, Agreed. Just and, and yeah. I think this is very similar to that. The 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 music, the soundtrack to this. Um, I, you're probably gonna hear some on the show uh, for the breaks. I'm yeah. gonna pick a song. We'll probably pick a song together after this. But you should, yeah. But um, and, I mean, all three of these guys are serious uh, hip hop heads, especially yeah. Yorma. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a fun interview with. All three of them promoting the movie, uh, talking to uh, I think it's Josh Rosenberg, but the the Hot ninety seven DJ. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And they know they know their stuff, man. It's uh, they're true music lovers, and it shows. So uh, yeah, that's it. Pleasant surprise. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, definitely the right choice over Ninja Turtles. Uh, <laughs> in spite of my sadistic desire to force you to do that. Um, I should be thanking you, I guess, for not making me see that trash. Uh, yeah, you, sh- you should. You should thank me for not forcing you to do something <laughs> you didn't want to do. That's and totally... That- <laughs> makes a thousand percent sense. Oh, man. Uh, and not only did and I have to see that garbage, but I got to see a film that I really enjoyed. Uh-huh. And uh, uh, I- I'm so happy. Yeah. I saw it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about, about next week. What are we going to be seeing I mean, I'm assuming Warcraft. Yeah, right? Warcraft. No, I, I, I just my once um, optimistic outlook for Warcraft has been tampered with. It, well, it has. Uh, yeah, I mean, I got really worried when I was hearing they forced him to cut 40 minutes. That's I mean, never a good sign. It's not like the film is still two and a half hours long. It's. Well, yeah, it is actually. It's a, like right? I think it's like around two hours long. We'll, around two hours. We'll, we'll we'll take a quick gander at it, but I'm pretty sure that uh, the original cut was two hours and forty, 40 minutes, minutes, and they cut. That's what I said earlier, and now I'm wondering if that is yeah, uh, two hours. It's 123 minutes. Okay, yeah. So they, you know, cut cut a th- well, 
now it would be a third of the film. That's pretty. Uh, That's pretty significant. Pretty significant. So yeah. we'll see. Um, you know, I, this film is going to make money. It, it's already made money. Yeah. It's already made seventy million dollars worldwide. That's yep. not including the eight million dollar opening night it had in China, which broke the Fast and Furious record from not, last year. Not even opening night. It's midnight. Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So like a single showing. Yeah. yeah, did eight point four million dollars. So this, which is, is twice as much as Popstar has done <laughs> in, all weekend in one screening of this film. So I mean, this this film is going to make buckets and buckets of money. So we shouldn't feel too bad for Duncan Jones, but um, yeah, I don't know how much we're going to enjoy it or look forward to future sequels. Well, I'm just if it's bad, I'm just going to blame it on the studio for cutting forty minutes of his film. This is actually so if this ends up being bad. I'm wondering if it will be something that is worth revisiting if there's a an extended yeah, cut. Like right. how much of a difference would that make? Is he even gonna be interested in putting the film back together? Right. Like, I don't know. Like um what's the Ridley Scott movie? Um King um Kingdom of Heaven. Kingdom of Heaven, yeah. Which yeah. reportedly the director's cut is actually really good versus the The uh, actual cut that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Which <laughs> this is what I don't understand about. We're gonna we're gonna go here in a second, but this is what I understand about studios. So, you know, they're okay with an Avengers movie being two and a half hours long, um, but they're not okay. I'm not saying it's the same studio, but they're not okay with Warcraft being two hours and thirty minutes long. I, well, I don't. What, where, where do you draw the line? What What's too long of a movie? What doesn't make sense for me is. This isn't Batman vs Superman where the movie's already fucking bloated. Right. I mean, you're cutting, you're cutting down to a two-hour runtime, and you've already you've already spent the money and the time on these parts of the film. Right. Exactly. Like, I just and I I just I wonder. Yeah, I really wonder what algorithm that decision or what criteria that decision gets made based on. Like who's like. Arbit- who just tells you arbitrarily that you need to cut your film down to this right. length? Like, why? Why? Uh, the only thing I think is maybe Test Screener said it was too long. Yeah. But that, to me... I, I've i never sat through a movie that I enjoyed and said, wow, that movie was too long. If it was shorter, I would have liked it more. If I like a movie, I like a movie. Yeah. And I think back to what Josh Whedon said about uh, Age of Ultron which he was forced to cut a half hour of that movie. Yeah. And Disney, with before they even showed it to screeners, said no one wants to see a three-hour movie. Uh-huh. Cut it. How can you say that without seeing the film? How can you say that without screening the film first? How can you say that? I mean, Lord of the Rings. like it, it, Right, just, yeah. Which know. made a lot of money yeah. and won a lot of awards. But I don't know. Fuck well, man, yeah. We're going to see this, this film regardless. We're going to review it. So uh, if you want to keep following along, go see... Uh, Warcraft. We're we're just you know since we predict your tastes so accurately. Yeah, you, you can go. always just wait and hear our review, and yeah. we will we will lead you in the right direction. That's true. That is true. Um, well, that's gonna do it for this episode. Emails at midnightfilmreview at gmail Thanks again for all the support. Leave us iTunes reviews, please. And thank you. Please, okay, thanks. Um, all right, we'll catch you on the flip side. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Glenda, I love you, you are
Fuck you. 